This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Having been coached by a man my, myself, I knew that he never understood when I was saying it. And one thing, and I'm going to end this then, one thing that he also said to me, um, and again, he was really great in terms of fitness knowledge. So I'm not blaming him because if he just didn't know. I told him that I had very bad period pain um, every single month. And he said that it might just all be in my mind. And if I prepared for my pain not to be there, maybe I wouldn't have it. So that's what he said to me, which I was like, you got to be kidding me, right? You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 231. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Hey there, veggie lovers. Welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio. Today, I have a really great discussion with Jessica Karvat. And I was actually on her podcast, or will be soon on her podcast, The Plentiful Goddess. We already recorded the episode, but it hasn't aired yet. So hopefully you can check out her podcast if you're interested in these topics. Today, we are talking about women's health, menstrual health, the menstrual cycle, and thinking about synchronizing your diet to your cycle. But she also goes into the different phases of the cycle, which I think that not enough of us are informed or knowledgeable about the different phases of the cycle and how things change. Since I am experiencing some changes in my hormones as I go through perimenopause, which I definitely want to have a speaker on the podcast talk about that for those of us in that age, that seven to 10 years before menopause, we notice that things change and become a little bit more dramatic. I become more interested in learning more about these things. So I'm really glad that I've had Jessica on. So who is Jessica? Jessica Karvat is a certified vegan nutritionist, fitness trainer, and founder of the Women's Academy of Transformation. Jess is passionate about women's health, and that's why she is dedicating her work to helping women thrive, get fit, sync their lives with their menstrual cycle, and reclaim their confidence. So in this podcast, we do talk a little bit about her history with an eating disorder and disordered eating. So just know if this is a trigger for you, just be aware of that. But mostly we're going to talk about the menstrual cycle, her 
journey into veganism, which is a great story. We also talk about Polish food. So if you're interested in learning about vegan Polish food, definitely listen to this podcast. I think you're really going to like it. I find that it's a very good intro to these topics if you're not aware of it already. So I I believe it will be very useful for you. To all the new listeners, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you love this episode and that you will check out all of the other episodes that I have. And for all of my longtime listeners, I love you and I appreciate you so much. So thank you for tuning in week after week. And now let's welcome Jessica Carvat. Jessica Carvat, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's so nice to talk to you again, to have another chat now on my platform this time. So I want to learn all about you. Tell me about your vegan journey. How and why did you choose to embrace a vegan diet? Yes. So the journey goes back, geez, how many years? I think it's going to be now, is it going to be six years? I think I'm, I don't know. I, I stopped counting. I feel like at some point you're just like, okay, whatever. It's been like forever. <laughs> um, and actually I always felt kind of compelled to be vegan, be vegetarian. I remember this one moment in my life when I was younger and, um, I remember sitting on the couch in my mom's uh, living room at home, of course, with my mom. And and she gave me um, like piglet uh, sausages. And in that moment that she gave me those sausages, I saw, you know, mini baby pigs on the screen on the television. I made this connection of like, hold on, am I eating babies right right now? And so... In that moment, I really wanted, I didn't know what a vegan was back then because I was like super young. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go vegetarian. And so I felt already this connection that something was not right about eating animals. And I went vegetarian for like maybe eight months, but I was so young. I was still dependent on what my mom was cooking because I was living at home. So at some point, I think, you know, because you're young, you forget, you're like, okay, whatever, I'm going to go back to normal. But in my mind, I was always thinking like, I, there's something that's missing, something that I know I'm not really looking at. And so there was a point in my life where I stopped taking birth control. I was in birth control for a long time. I would say like six years, maybe, which, which is pretty long if you're young. And the moment I stopped taking birth control within two months, my skin started to break out like crazy. I had like a really bad hormonal acne all over my face, my neck, my chest, my back, and I was like, what is going on? And being a young girl, like a young woman, you don't want to have acne on your face. Like I remember it was impacting me so much that I wouldn't meet with people. I wouldn't go on dates, right? I would just like completely shut myself off and I didn't want to really be around anyone else. And so for two years, I tried it all. I tried creams and different products and I went to a naturopath and I everything that you can think of but I always thought I was already pretty healthy I didn't understand like you know I always considered myself healthy for the majority of my life and so I was so desperate this one evening and I remember just like googling I was like okay diet skin acne whatever and so I stumbled upon a, a couple of like vegan influencers that said oh when I went vegan my skin cleared up I no longer had acne and all of that and I was like that's 
interesting because I was like, why, like, what am I eating that's causing my skin to break out like this? I just didn't understand. And so doing a little bit more digging and more digging, I, of course, also then stumbled upon a couple of videos of like, you know, animal agriculture. And and then I saw things that I didn't want to see and I didn't think they actually existed. And I didn't know animals were treated like that. Maybe I just didn't want to know the majority of my life. But then I saw it with my, with my eyes and I just remember crying in my bed, like, I don't want to support this. And so I remember deciding this evening that from tomorrow on, I was going to be vegan. And I had no idea how to, how to, I had no idea how this is going to look like, but I knew I no longer wanted to be on this journey. And I knew lo- I no longer wanted to eat animals. Um, and I kind of forgot about the skin part. Like I seriously, I was like, cause I was so consumed by the ethics of it that I was like, whatever, you know, it's going to be fine. Within three to four months, my skin cleared up. And I remember my mom came to visit me because back then I was living in Spain and Barcelona. My mom came to visit me and she was like, what did you do? Like, because she spent also so much money on helping me on like creams and pills and everything. And so, of course, you know, my mom, she really tried to help me. And here I am like with a clear skin and she couldn't believe her eyes. And she's like, what did you do? And I'm like, I went vegan. And so that's my vegan story where I know, you know, I realized I went vegan for the animals and it brought me so much more than I could have thought. And and now I'm, you know, even coaching people about vegan nutrition, which is like even better. Right. But yeah, that's that's my vegan story. I love it. No, I love how different things come together because it's very similar to me. Like I started just as an experiment, but you can't not stumble upon all the other impacts of eating animals and the impacts, of course, on the animals themselves and the environment and the humans. And so it all kind of comes together in this one huge reason to at least try it out and see how it works for you. Okay. So before we started recording, I figured out that you are in Poland right now and your family is Polish. And then at the time you were in Barcelona, very nice. So, and six years ago, even then was pretty different from now. So tell me about the transition. Was it difficult? How was it socially? How was it culturally? Did your mom freak out? What happened? My mom is amazing. She was super supportive. Um, she she said herself, she's a, she's a cook. Uh, she has her own restaurant. And uh, she said, like, she started offering a lot of vegan options. Unfortunately, where she where she lives, it's a very small town. So people were not requesting a lot of vegan dishes. And for her, she said, if she would have the restaurant in a big city, it would be a full vegan restaurant for sure, because she loves it. And, um, but of course you have to kind of do what people are demanding and in her case. And, and, you know, during COVID, everything was just tough anyways for restaurant owners. Uh, but so my mom is very supportive whenever I come visit her, like she's an amazing cook. So her vegan food, oh my God, (laughs) you have to try. She's really good. So with my mom, no problem at all. She was super supportive also because she saw what an, what a difference it made, you know, to my skin and to my well-being. Um, but for me, when I first went vegan, um, I was a little bit confused, to be honest. I didn't know what to do. And in my mind, I was like, okay, so no more animal products, 
but then I have the sides that I'm left with. And so I started to eat um, a lot of fiber that I didn't eat before. And that caused some issues because I did, my body couldn't digest it from the start. So I had a lot of digestive issues in the beginning that I had to work through and learn about like how to create a balance within my meals that I, you know, now also, of course, teach my clients because a lot of people I feel like feel like me when they first go vegan and they don't know how to do and you know, you all, all of a sudden eat a lot more fiber than you used to. So that was the case for me where I was just like a little bit confused about how to really create balanced meals. Um, and then, you know, because I was so confused, I ended up going to vegan influencers, trying like vegan keto, vegan, you know, fruitarian, high carb, low carb, all of that stuff, which was really not a good idea and really messed up everything even more until I really just learned about like balanced nutrition for myself. Um the transit living in Barcelona was surprisingly easy to be vegan because there were a lot of like vegan products already and there were a lot of restaurants that had vegan options so to be honest like for the first four months of my vegan life I would eat out a lot and I would like try all of the vegan stuff like to the vegan donuts to the vegan burgers like all of the stuff that is not healthy you know how we call it um but I was just so excited I was like oh my god I can't believe that they're vegan donuts I can't believe that they're vegan burgers like you know when you go vegan you're just like so excited about food I'm still excited about food too until this day so that was me um back then I was working in an office I had a nine-to-five I was working in marketing so that was a different story I remember people uh making fun of me at the office um I couldn't like we so we had this this thing that we had like a restaurant card where we could go to restaurants for lunch uh most of the time which was paid from the company but none of these restaurants actually had anything vegan on their on their menus so for the first couple of months it was hard for me because everyone was going out for lunch and i had my own tupperware box that i cooked for myself and ate alone by myself at the office or by the beach um so that was a little bit harder. And and of course, I heard some comments here and there of people like jokes, but they were hurting because, you know, uh, it was my my view, my point of view. And because my 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 office was very multicultural, I work with like French people and British people and Spanish people. And so, of course, especially French people still until this day, it's not really a very vegan friendly uh, country. So people just didn't really understand of course, why I then went vegan. And I don't know how it was about you, but like, especially the first year, I was like, very vocal about it, like, because I was so passionate about it. I just couldn't understand why no one else was vegan, because it was so clear to me. So I think I was even more like, defend defensive that, you know, I really knew that this was the best way to live. Today, I'm, I'm a lot more chill. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm a vegan activist still by heart. But if someone doesn't want to listen to me, I'm not going to talk to them. I'm just like, whatever, do your thing. Uh, but back then, I wasn't like that. So I think it was, <laughs> it was just a lot coming together. And then, of course, living by myself, because I didn't have my mom with me. So and I didn't know anyone for any vegan, I, I, I don't think I knew anyone for like a year or two where I was like on my own and trying to figure it out and no one around me was really on the same journey as I was. So it made me a little bit lonely or it made me feel a little bit lonely for the first year or two. And now it's of course a completely different story, but yeah, that was, that was a start for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you stuck through it thick and thin. So yes. that's, that's amazing. <laughs> and yeah, fiber, 
I think that's an important point because at least here in the United States, the typical adult is consuming on average less than 15 grams of fiber per day. And you know that when you eat a whole food plant-based diet, you could be getting 50, 75 plus grams of fiber, which yeah. is a lot more. So for if someone's gut microbiome is not used to it, you put all that in there, the gut microbiome's like, yeah, we can't handle this. <laughs> Sorry, you know, we're not going to be able to process all this fiber. So I do talk to people, especially here in the United States, a lot of people are not very familiar with eating legumes. So beans, lentils, mm -hmm. peas, they'll have it in chili every once in a while along with meat, but people just aren't very familiar. So I always caution them, start low and go slow. Just increase little by little because otherwise people get frustrated because they get a lot of flatulence, which is what happens when your gut has to break down all that fiber. So, exactly. But I definitely hear you in that big transition. I'm curious because I'm not very familiar with Polish food and your mom owning a restaurant. So can you give us a few examples of some of the vegan dishes that she might serve at her restaurant? Yes. So first of all, I'm very surprised because I, I'm now in Poland in a city that I've never been in. And I found two restaurants, all vegan, and they veganize every single Polish food there is. And I, when I saw that menu, I was like, I don't have enough time to try all of it. I don't have enough <laughs> stomachs to try all of it because I was like, this is my dream come true. <laughs> um, so that's what I wanted to, to just share. You can veganize everything, like no excuse. Um, one of my favorite dishes is definite, definitely pierogi, which is like, uh, kind of has the shape of an empanada, uh, but it's soft, it's smaller, and it's filled, if it's vegan, it can be filled with like mushrooms and sauerkraut. Um, it can also be filled with potatoes and you can eat it with like a mushroom sauce or just like uh, fried or cooked um, with some onions. Um, another thing that I really love is it's called bigos, which is also, we eat a lot of sauerkraut in Poland. It's not just like a German thing, um, which is also like, a, it's so hard to explain because they're so creative, the dishes, but it's like a stew of sauerkraut and you can do that instead of meat they add like usually bacon and like additional meat you can do it with tofu and you know vegetables like carrots and it's like a very warm hearty dish so most of the vegan sorry most of the polish dishes are um very like hearty meals like they're very like you sit down and you enjoy and like you feel very full afterwards but very very happy and satisfied um and so I tried also, they're like those pancakes made out of sauerkraut, but you can also make like savory pancakes. Um, beetroot, beetroot soup is another like delicious uh, vegan Polish, but also like an Eastern European dish. So usually a lot of like the Eastern countries have very similar dishes. Uh, they just have like a little spin on it on them, depending on which country you go to. Um, so yeah, but again, you can literally veganize everything. I mean, I've seen it at the two restaurants. I like, again, I can't wait to go back there tonight. <laughs> That's my plan. <laughs> but yeah, you can just veganize everything and it's very hearty. Yeah. Yeah. You're making me super hungry. So that beef soup, <laughs> would that be kind of like borscht? Is borscht Polish or is that a yes, different country? Yes. Yes. So we call it borscht, 
borscht okay. is i think U- ukraine also does it and russia okay. they just do it differently and the, the thing with borscht is like you can do it very good you have to be very good at um adding spices to it and making it very tasty my mom is really good at that i've had multiple soups made out of beetroot that i didn't like at all because when people don't know how to flavor add flavor to mm-hmm. it it tastes kind of well <laughs> you know so yeah. you have to be very good at flavoring and my mom is just really good at it so yeah and then you can also eat that with like croquettes but like those are like big croquettes and they're like you know pancakes filled with oh, again like mushrooms and oh just a lot of delicious stuff <laughs> sounds amazing yeah my dad likes to make borscht and it it feels so nourishing and i guess probably because i also know that there's so many antioxidants and oh my so God, many yes. great mm. nutrients in it and it's like perfect for the winter when it's cold yes. and it's just so yummy but i love the flavor of beets too so i know some people beets is not their thing but i i love it all right well yeah, thank you too. for indulging me and now we're both hungry so <laughs> it's perfect all right so obviously During your transition, you found some benefits for your hormones. Was that what led you to become more interested in women's health and particularly the menstrual cycle? Or were there other things that also led you to become so passionate about this area? Yeah, I love this question because there was a very pivoting time in my life where I actually found out about the menstrual cycle being more than just a period. And that was at a time where I... Um, I just became a vegan nutritionist and a fitness trainer, and I wanted to go into the coaching space. And so I got my first job as an assistant coach working for this male, uh, very big male vegan influencer. And while I was working for him, I was working both with men and women. And I saw that these men had such an easy time, you know, working out going on a diet, losing the weight or gaining muscle, like following through on a plan. And these women, they were struggling so much more. Like when I was talking to these women, you know, one woman is like, I'm on my period. I'm in pain. I'm emotionally eating. I'm craving everything. I could like eat an elephant, whatever, you know, I could eat eat so much. I'm emotionally overwhelmed. Like, I'm, I'm just like, these men are not telling me these problems and women are having all of these things that are coming up for them. And so when I was listening to these women, I was like, hold on. So I'm not the only one feeling like this because prior to that, I actually hired my own like male fitness trainer because I had these physical goals that I wanted to reach. And he was really great in terms of fitness knowledge. Like he taught me so much, but he put me on this extremely strict plan of working out six days a week these workouts were like one and a half two hours long like extremely fatiguing like workouts he put me on a super strict calorie deficit and i'm a tall person like i'm very tall um and i move a lot and like i'm generally just very active as well if i don't work out like i go on walks and stuff and so he put me on this like crazy regime where i myself felt like this was 
I just didn't feel like myself. I felt burned out day after day. It was getting worse. It was getting worse. My period pain was getting unbearable. And I always had period pain my entire life. But during this time, it was like really bad. Um, I had cravings to a point where I just couldn't stop myself from eating. It triggered my eating disorder again because I was just completely working against my body. And so I just put two and two together. And I saw myself in the same position as I was coaching these women based on, of course, what my coach was telling me I'm, you know, I'm supposed to do because it was not my coaching program. So these were not my rules. So I see these women struggling just how I was struggling. I was like, okay, there must be something more to it. Why is it so hard for women to follow through on a diet plan? Um, Like, you know, for men, it's so much easier. And so I started researching and then I stumbled across the menstrual cycle. And I learned that we are not meant to eat the same way every day, work out the same way every day, even work the same way every day, that our lifestyle, that our brain changes up to 25%, that there are phases that we go through, that our hormones are fluctuating every single day. And I was like, everything is starting to make sense now. Like for the whole, you know, for my whole life, I was wondering why can't I keep up with all of the external things that people are telling me I should be keeping up with and pushing myself to a limit where I'm burning out and injuring myself and feeling horrible. And I'm doing this, the same thing with the women that I was coaching. I was like, no, this is not the way that it's meant to be. And then I found this one research that's, that's sad. Um, the majority, and that was now a couple of years ago, so maybe that changed, but back then, the majority of research in the fitness industry is done on men, not on women. So women are pretty much working out and eating based on what they have researched works for men. So obviously... It can't work for us women also because we have a cycle, we have hormonal fluctuations, we have our biology changes every single day, right? We, we change every single day. We need different things. We're not meant to uh, push through when our bodies are exhausted. Um, and so that was the moment where I decided to quit that job. I was like, I no longer want to support this because it burned me out. It's burning these women out. And I decided to create my own program program where we still have the vegan health. We still have all of that. But the menstrual cycle is the focus, um, is one of the main focuses of the program where women really learn how to work with their cycles and have it be natural, right? And have it be gentle and, and still achieve their goals that they have, but in a sustainable way while loving themselves and not you know, weighing themselves like crazy every single day, because even weight fluctuations day by day are very normal for us women with water retention and all of that stuff, right? But no one tells you that. No man tells you that. And of course, having been coached by a man myself, I knew that he never understood when I was saying it. And one thing, and I'm going to end this then, one thing that he also said to me, um, and again, he was really great in terms of fitness knowledge. So I'm not blaming him because he just didn't know. I told him that I had very bad period pain um, every single month. And he said that it might just all be in my mind. And if I prepared for my pain not to be there, maybe I wouldn't have it. So that's what he said to me, which I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. So I no longer have period pain, by the way, because of the work that I'm doing. And I never thought I would be period pain free. Um, 
So yeah, I hope I'm I answered your question because I just went on a tangent, right? <laughs> no, no, that was great. No, it just made me think of the they've done some funny little experiments with men and putting mm. like electroshock therapy on them to the same level yes. as what women might experience with like period pain or childbirth and stuff like that. And yeah, they can't they can't even tolerate a little bit. And I will just say for my husband, oh my gosh, it's been funny. Like one time I was like trying to wax his back and he only made it through like one strip and he was like, stop. <laughs> I was like, can you imagine women do this all the time? <laughs> yes. It's the same when I, you know, I just like sometimes help him plug like here, you know, the little hair and he's screaming of pain. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> what? So yeah, I would love that man that told you just it's all in your mind you just need to prepare and yeah. you know yeah let's let's see how he mm. would make it through because yeah I, I'd be I curious to see that <laughs> as a teenager there was times that I would almost black out with my period pain and then I experienced it again I'm struggling with it now having after a tubal ligation I did not know about post-tubal ligation pain syndrome before I got my tubal. And so that's something I wish I would have known and I had full informed consent on. But that's for another discussion. Um, yes. I want to know, you know, with the clients you work with, what are they struggle with the most? So before they come to you, what is it about their menstrual cycles where they're struggling? Is it period pain? Is it PMS? Is it, you know, their fitness during it? What is it that really is bringing them to you? I think it's the whole picture. Like, I think you just said it. It's like, because I work with so many different people and um, I would say the majority of women that come to me have the goal, I want to lose weight on a vegan diet or I'm already vegan and I want to lose weight, right? And once they get to know me, they know that's not what I'm about, <laughs> right? They still get that support if that's what they desire. But what they learn is that there's more to health than just looking at your weight and looking at your, you know, and losing your weight. Because that's ultimately like every single time I'm done working with a client, if they lost weight or not, they're like, I love myself now. I'm gentle with myself now. I no longer have period pain. I understand my body. So I think one big thing that stands out to me is the disconnection that most women have from themselves. Understanding that they're more than just their weight, understanding that there are more depths to who they are as women and not knowing that their womb that they have is super powerful. And that actually is kind of the center of your life, right? It's the life creations where life is created. And so many women are very disconnected from themselves as women, from their womb spaces, from their sexual energy as well. And that's also ultimately what's causing them to feel the way they feel, not feeling happy with their bodies, not feeling happy with themselves. And that also ultimately leads to things like period pain, PMS, right? Not That's not the only reason, but that's what I see a lot. Um, as well as, and I know you know this as well, like when it comes to to diets, it's it's not about diets. It's about like the emotions as well that we feel and how we deal with emotions and, and how we process trauma, right? Because all of that is also stored in the body, right? Trauma and emotions, all of that is stored in the body. And when not learned how to release it, it will cause issues. And that was a big one for me. So 
I knew that I not only needed to learn how to sync with my cycle, but I also needed to learn how to process that trauma and emotion and learn how on an energetic level I can release it out of my body. That's what really made my period so much better and my PMS go away and all of that. And I didn't know this for the majority of my of my life. So as I'm saying, I think it's, again, I think it's a summary of so many different aspects that play a role and it's very hard to just pinpoint one thing because once a person starts working with me and I open them up to this whole new world of things that they weren't even aware of they're like oh yeah this and that and I didn't know this and they actually also I had a client once who said to me um she didn't even know she had period pain until she started working with me why because she was so used to push through and to just take painkiller after painkiller that she died, like, it was just a normal thing that she wouldn't, that she would completely disconnect from her body, completely. And so the first time she got her period working with me, she was like, I'm grateful that I'm experiencing pain right now, because for the first time, I feel like I'm actually connected to myself, right? So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. So maybe <laughs> you could give us a brief overview of the cycle and the different phases of the cycle, because I think you're right in that a lot of people, when they hear the term cycle, all they're thinking of is their bleeding time, like menstruation. They're not thinking about the entire hormonal cycle, which we're always on a cycle, right? Like we're perpetually on a cycle. <laughs> um, so can you maybe briefly talk about the different phases and then that can lead us into what you mean by synchronizing your diet to your cycle? Yeah, definitely. So um, we have to understand that there's two types of rhythms that we as women live by. We have the circadian rhythm and then we have the infradian rhythm. The circadian rhythm is that all humans live by. It's the 24-hour clock, right? We like go to bed at night. We wake up in the morning. There's a lot of process going on in the body at night, right? And then we rise up. Cortisol is created in our body. And that's how we basically live our lives all the time. And we already know that when we don't have a good night's sleep, that we don't feel great the next morning. So we already know that when we mess that one up, we don't feel great. Now, we also have the infradian rhythm. That's actually a term that Alyssa Vitti uh, created. Um, Alyssa Vitti is also um, an expert in, in, in all of that. And so the infradian rhythm is the 28-day clock. This is the clock that we all women have. So 28 days, the average time where we have one cycle, right? And um, this is a rhythm, though, that the majority of us women don't know how to live by. Because we have been taught, or the majority of us have been taught in school, that, yeah, you get your period once a month, and somewhere in the middle of your cycle, you ovulate, right? That's it. But actually, the 28 days um, rhythm has four phases that we go through, right? And so those phases are even named by the hormones that are actually increasing uh, and produced in your body at a certain time. So the first phase that I usually start with um, is the follicular phase. This is the phase uh, when your period stops and just how the name already says it, follicular phase, it's where your follicle stimulating hormone starts to increase 
as well as your estrogen levels. This is a time where I actually even make like TikToks and reels about it of like when your period ends and like you enter the follicular phase and you just feel so great and like, you know, you finally have the energy again, you feel creative and you feel sexy again and all of those things. So that's the follicular phase where we feel like we're awakening. It's the spring phase as well, I like to call it, right? Where we just have a whole new outlook. We feel our mind is clearer and we have a better, like we see the world differently and we have a lot more energy that we can use Right. So that is the follicular phase. Then we move on to the ovulatory phase. As the name already says, this is when we ovulate. It's the shortest phase um, of the cycle. And this is a time where when hormones are balanced, you should be feeling really good during this time because you're fertile. So your body obviously wants you to create a baby during this time. Right. So in a, in a, in a way, you actually even uh, appear more attractive to others. There, there are studies that are done that you appear more attractive to others um, and even our body odor changes, right, to, for it to be more attractive to other people. And so during this time, because your estrogen levels are at its highest, you have a lot of energy to use, you have a lot of energy to work out, to go out, to socialize with people, your mind is a lot clearer, you can strategize a lot better, you can plan a lot better. Um, it's a great time to do podcasts, for example, or presentations, right? So you can already see like how much it actually changes and how we process information. Because as I said in the beginning, like your brain changes up to 25% throughout those phases. I haven't always enjoyed spicy food. In fact, I'm Panamanian and in Panama, we don't add a lot of spices to our food. And I grew up not really eating much spice. But after I adopted a plant-based diet, I started craving it more. And now I regularly use hot sauce and choose spicier foods, which is interesting. You know, I always talk about how we learn to like what we're exposed to. And this is definitely an example of that because my husband, he likes spicier foods. So I started to eat a little bit more spicy foods. Now I wouldn't call myself like top level spicy food eater, but I definitely have more of a tolerance for spicy foods than I used to. And now I crave spice. And I am not alone. An instant cart survey this year found that 74% of people eat hot sauce with their food. 45% they use it at least weekly, at least a dash of hot sauce on their food. Another survey found that 67% of people are passionate about their favorite brand. People are now interested in unique flavor profiles and one third of Americans consider themselves spicy food aficionados. That is a lot of people. So that means that a good percentage of you listeners like hot sauce, which means that you have to try Bernie Wilde's adventure sauce. Now this is a very unique hot sauce. So if you're interested in something that tastes a little different than your standard hot sauce, this is a hot sauce for you. Right now it's my go-to sauce. Now, if you are intro level spice person, don't worry, just use a little. If you are at the expert level, you can douse your food in it. I like to put a lot on my bowls. I even use it on my pasta. If you like hot sauce, I'm pretty sure that one bottle is not gonna be enough, so make sure you order plenty. Now, the unique flavor combination in this sauce is you won't find anywhere else. It's got the spicy kick from the chipotle, but it also has tanginess and creaminess, creaminess from the miso. I haven't tasted another sauce quite like this. 
So all of that being said, if you haven't already tried this sauce, do yourself a favor and get some now. It's called Bernie Wild's Adventure Sauce. If you get yourself a bottle or two right now, you're going to get 20% off your first order of $20 or more and free shipping. Just use my code, that's Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I. Follow the link in the show notes or go to BernieWilds.com. That's B-U-R-N-Y-W-I-L-D-S.com, BernieWilds.com. After you taste it, I want to know what you think about this sauce. Give me your feedback. Is it too spicy for you? Because honestly, I don't think it's very spicy. It's a very mild amount of spice. Or is it not spicy enough for you? What do you think of this sauce? Email me. Tell me. Email me at yami at dryami.com and let me know. Okay, go get yourself a couple of bottles of Bernie Wild's Adventure Sauce right now so that you can get your 20% off and free shipping by using the code Dr. Yami. Get your spice on. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Right. So it only makes sense that sometimes you feel like I'm so creative. I have so much energy to work. And then right before your bleed starts, you feel like the complete opposite. It's, there's a reason for it, right? Because your hormones are fluctuating. So after the ovulatory phase, we move into the luteal phase. This phase is the longest phase of the cycle, um, and this is where our um, estrogen is not as high anymore as it used to be. It still increases a little bit in the middle of the phase, but this is where our hormone progesterone takes over. And this is also the phase where most women experience PMS premenstrual syndrome, right? This is the phase before our bleed starts. So you will probably experience during this phase that you're more tired, that you want to do less, maybe less productivity as well. You might feel like you're more turned inwards where you don't really want to spend a lot of energy on other people or you don't want to really go out, but you just want to be by yourself. You might also feel like you see things a little clearer or differently. Um, you might also just be more irritated. Actually, there are studies that they have done or that show that... Um, um, more people break up around this time, more women break up with men because they're more annoyed by them <laughs> because we are so like, you know, PMSing during this time. And so that's the luteal phase. And then we move into the menstrual phase. And this is where our period starts, right? So this is, I mean, by the name already, it says it all. It's the menstrual phase. And also this is where our hormone levels are at its lowest. So if your fitness coach tells you, oh, it's okay to work out during the menstrual phase, where biologically speaking, your hormone levels are at its lowest, you need a rest. And working against it might actually cause you to feel more fatigued after and might make your hormones go crazy as well, right? So again, paying that awareness to your body or paying that attention and awareness and creating that awareness of your body is really the best way to work with your cycle because then you will really know what you need and in a fun way um you can learn this right because i also speak to a lot of women when i ask them like do you pms do you have peer pain they're like i don't even know like i'm not even aware of that right so that's something that i hear a lot as well that they're not even aware of like they're actually pmsing or they don't even know when they're ovulating all of these things right so the first step is definitely learning 
uh, to, to create that awareness and to, to read your body and to understand when you feel what. So this way you will be able to work with the phases of the cycle um, better. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving us an overview of that. I think it's so important. And I've definitely become more interested in our cycles and our hormones because I'm experiencing perimenopause. So I'm 43 mm -hmm. years old and nobody ever talks about perimenopause like ever. Like I never heard about it, just menopause. And I might've learned about it in school, but I think I forgot about it. So it was like probably just a paragraph or something somewhere that I read, I'm sure. But I will say that what's important, I think, just like you were saying, awareness, but also curiosity. I think curiosity is so important because when you become curious, then you're more willing to accept and become aware and just be quiet and listen to your body. So there's so many interesting things that I've learned about my body that through that curiosity and awareness, instead of getting upset and frustrated during those times, it's more like, oh yeah, this is just what's happening. Like I know that during my luteal phase, there's two days in that phase where by the end of the day, I literally feel like I got hit by a truck. Like I am just done. Like it, my whole body, everything is just so fatigued and tired and I'm sleepy and I'm just fatigued. And then another interesting thing that happens to me is about seven days before my period, I have one day where my anxiety just spikes. And so I just feel anxious for no reason. It'll just be super anxious. And then I already have misophonia, which is where I kind of get irritated by loud noises and stuff. But that day, like, it's funny, it made me chuckle when you say that during that phase, there's a lot of breakups because I live with three men. So I have two sons plus my husband. I know that day because I'm already really irritated. I'm anxious. And even the sound of them chewing, I'm like, can y'all just stop being so loud? You're making too much noise. So I can imagine if someone's getting on your nerves, you're like, that's it. I never want to see you again. <laughs> so, but then like the next day I'm better, you know, but I just know. And so instead of being like upset about it, it's more of a joke around my house. I'm like, y'all, it's my worst misophonia day. Everybody watch out. And then I know that I'm probably going to be better in a couple of days. So I think that curiosity and awareness is really important, learning how to connect to your body. And then you can do things around your lifestyle to help support yourself instead of trying to force yourself to be the same every single day, just like you were saying. Yeah, I love what you said, because the same thing actually happened to me when I had no idea about the cycle. Um, I remember... Uh, sitting in the beach, uh, at the beach in Barcelona. And also like you, all of a sudden feeling this anxiety, but also this, this sadness, like this deep sadness and everything was great. It was sunny. Like I have my boyfriend. I've just started dating. Like I should be like super happy, but there I am sitting on the beach and I could like start crying. I was like, what the hell? Like, why am I so ungrateful? Whatever. And, uh, and I tracked that and then I tracked it again the next month. And then the next month I was like, just like you, seven days before the start of my period, there's like a switch. And the reason for it as well, biologically, that's when, because you can imagine like a, it's like a curveball. So you can see your estrogen and progesterone like increasing like this in the middle. And then afterwards, seven days before your period, it drops. And it makes so much sense why this happens and why we feel this way. Um, and I love that you said the curiosity because I feel like that's a big one. 
because I used to blame myself so much of like feeling like what you said, you know, feeling like so irritated or feeling overwhelmed or feeling like, why can't I control myself? And today it's like, when I have these moments, like you say, where you're like, you know, being so upset with someone chewing, I take a step back. I'm like, okay, what does this mean? Like, this is actually not me speaking. This is something else speaking, right? So having that curiosity is is so, so important. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And I think it's important to talk about these things because we don't want to feel like we're quote, controlled by our hormones. You know, like you don't want to feel like you're more than just your mind, right? Like it's it's just a weird thing to feel like there's things. And when I learned about the gut microbiome and how the gut microbiome can influence our cravings and stuff like that, you're like, that's just weird. How can How can our actions and our behaviors be controlled by these chemicals and things like that? So you don't wanna feel like that because that you wanna feel like you're always in control, but at the same time, it does help give yourself grace during these times, right? Because, and then you could just chuckle about it and relax about it and be like, okay, just like everything else in the world is changing, my hormones are gonna feel different tomorrow. But yeah, I can definitely feel that when my progesterone falls off a cliff and I get anxious and I don't have that comfort of the progesterone like comforting me and of course the sleep, that's a whole nother issue. But yeah, perimenopause is wild because everything feels like it's just more extreme and you really feel these things like more than you did when you were younger. So now let's go to the nutrition part. So what do you think is the biggest mistake that your clients make in their nutrition, especially because you work with vegans and people that are interested in, in eating a plant-based diet, what mistakes do you see there? Yeah. Um, one thing that I see, so I have a lot of clients that actually come to me after having worked with fitness coaches before, and uh, they come to me with the idea that they have to eat the same amount of calories every single day. And so that's the first thing that is a huge misconception because not only, first of all, are we on an everyday basis are going to be less and more hungry because our bodies are smart. When you listen to them, you actually know how much you need. But at the same time, actually halfway through your cycle. So once your luteal phase starts, your metabolism is actually higher because of your hormone progesterone. So you're actually burning more calories naturally without even doing anything, which is really cool, right? You just have to like lie there and you burn more calories. But at the same time, because women are hungrier, um, we actually end up eating more anyways naturally because we're, we need more food. And so imagine if you're on the same calories, which I did the mistake when I was, when I had no idea about this, right, with my other coach. And so, of course, I ended up like completely depleting my body, not only from nutrients, but calories and energy and all of that. So that is the first thing that I see. The second thing that I see, um, I think why people come to me is because, unfortunately, still a lot of the menstrual cycle um, content that is out there is still heavily based on meat and eggs and dairy and all of these products. And it makes me very sad to see that because you don't need all of that to be healthy. Uh, if you're smart about your choices and if you know how to eat around your cycle, like you're fully supported. Um, and I mean, I don't need to tell you like you know, we as vegans, we can be extremely healthy and you will not need anything if you're, if you know how to do it right. Um, but same thing here, if you were to even eat meat, it's the same thing. You still have to like, think about it. So you can, you know, just go vegan and do it. Um, uh, so I, I do see that as a second thing as well. 
Um, and I think another misconception that I see as well is that cravings are something bad. So sometimes I have women that are like, oh my God, I'm craving chocolate so much, or I'm craving like these, you know, donuts so much. And I'm like, hold on, that's your body giving you some signs. There's something that you're either way missing or that you need, right? Because especially if you crave it, for example, around the luteal phase, if you crave chocolate, that's just a sign that you're probably low on magnesium. Magnesium is like a, an amazing, um, an amazing mineral to eat during your um during your menstrual cycle. Um, and we don't have it enough, right? We don't have it enough as women. And so when you crave certain things, there's actually signs that your body is giving you that something is missing. It's not that it's something wrong, but that you're just like, again, curiosity, being curious, like, okay, what does this mean? Am I just maybe low on food? And so sometimes it's women that like, they don't eat anything the whole day or like very minimal food. And then they're like, oh my God, when it's like the evening, I want to eat it all. And I'm like this crazy person. I'm like, well, what did you eat the whole day? They're like, yeah, I had like a salad. And I'm like, so your, your body's literally like screaming at you <laughs> that you need to eat. Of course, you're going to want to go for the quickest energy source, something that is very quick, right? Carbs, anything that's like very quick is like carbohydrates, for example, right? So of course you're going to go there because that's the quickest energy source that you're going to get. But ultimately in the long run, if you do this over and over again, of course, it's not, it's not the best way to support your cycle. So yeah, I would say, I would say these, these strings, these three things for sure. Yeah. And I agree. I feel like when people are craving certain things, because we don't crave like kale, you know, like <laughs> you hear people talk about cravings, they're talking about mostly processed foods, right? And whenever we're craving processed foods, it's just that we want energy density. And so just to also accept, like, I need more calories. Yeah. Is a donut going to make me feel good? No, a donut's not going to make me feel good. I just need to eat more, put a little bit more rice in my Buddha bowl today, have some more sweet potatoes, you know, eat a little bit more and be okay with the fact that I'm eating more because as women, we've been taught that the less we eat, the better and to be ashamed of eating mm -hmm. large yeah. amounts of food. And sometimes we will need that um, to support ourselves. Yeah. So I think that's another important key to that. So what does it mean to sync our diet to the menstrual cycle? Do you think it's is it just about calories or are there other nutrients that we should pay attention to? I know that you talked a little bit on your social media about seed cycling. I've heard some people talk about that a little. I don't know very much about it. So just give us a few little concepts that you share about diet and how to sync it to our cycles. Hey, are you kind of curious about microgreens and including microgreens in your diet, but you're not sure where to start and you're not sure how to do it. I love my Hamama microgreen grower. It's so easy, it's so convenient. So this is how it works. Basically, they send you the kit and it has this little seed quilt, okay? And then you soak the seed quilt in the water and in a few days, you see your tiny little baby sprouts growing and a few days after that, you can start eating them and it's so fun. And you can tell them that you're eating them and they're really happy that you're eating them and your body's really happy that you're eating them. But here's the best part because I've told y'all before, I'm lazy. So I don't wanna have 
to use any mental energy that I don't need to. And they send you seed quilts every month. So you don't run out. You can change what seed quilts you want to try. So here's some examples of some of the seed quilts they have. Hearty broccoli, refreshing cabbage, energizing kale, spicy daikon radish, super salad mix. You can even get wheatgrass. You can get culinary cilantro or even hot wasabi mustard. So there's lots to choose from. They have different flavors. They're so cute and they're health promoting. So you can get a good dose of antioxidants and it's really beautiful. I also use them for garnish when I'm making soups and salads and different bowls. You can impress your guests. But like I said, it's going to be low energy cost on your part and it's actually not that expensive either the other thing that i use from hamama is a green onion growing kit which is really cool because it can decrease your food waste so you buy the green onions and then the little part that has the root the white part at the bottom you stick it in these little holes and then you just put the water in there and it grows and then you can keep eating the same green onions you just go with your little scissors and you chop it off and you put it into your food so if you want to give it a try you've been curious about microgreens and different ways that you can grow your own food, check out Hamama. You can find it in my show notes for a link to get 15% off, or you can go to dryami.com forward slash shop so that you can find the link and get 15% off your first order. Happy growing. Do you love Veggie Doctor Radio, but you're sick of listening to ads? Join the Plantscription. The Plantscription is a monthly membership where you have access to ad-free episodes of Veggie Doctor Radio every week. But that's not all. You also have access to a monthly live Q&A with me and a monthly live book club. You also get access to writings and musings and free giveaways. It is such a great deal. Right now, it's only $5 a month to join the Planscription. If you want to join, go to planscription.substack.com or go to the show notes to follow the link. Join the Planscription today and join me in this plantastic community. I hope that food, like that, oh, I can't even speak anymore. That food talk is making me so hungry that I hope you can't hear my stomach because it's like screaming at me, like, give me food. <laughs> it's also dinner time here, but my stomach, I'm like holding my stomach. I'm like, hopefully she can't hear. <laughs> I don't hear it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, food lovers. So that's a problem for me. I'm always hungry. Um, Yes. So I think the easiest way to look at it, and it will make sense for you if you think about it. And again, the more aware you are of what your body actually is wanting during this time, is I like to split my cycle to make it very easily understandable. I like to split my cycle into two. Um, So I have the phase uh, until after ovulation and the luteal menstrual phase. During the first two phases of your cycle, the moment that you stopped bleeding, your body doesn't need a lot of energy because your estrogen is just increasing. So you actually naturally don't need a lot of food. Um, And so you will probably want to eat more lighter foods naturally. Salads, smoothie bowls, smoothies. Also great during this time are like raw foods because it's, it's a lot of lighter and it's not very like cooked um and everything that you eat so usually my clients get like this this um this table of like certain foods that you can eat during a certain phase and all of these foods 
prepare you pretty much for the next phase. So as an example, fermented foods are really great to eat during the follicular phase because they're preparing you for ovulation. So they're going to help you with a healthy ovulation, right? And you've got microbiome. So this is an example um, of how you can start adding foods here and there. So usually I say to my clients as well, don't take foods away, but just add, like, what can you add today that will help you prepare for the next phase of your cycle? And so as an example, again, follicular and ovulatory, um, it's usually like the lighter phase of the cycle, eating more raw foods, um, eating more salads, smoothie balls, things like that, and preparing you for ovulation during the follicular phase. During the luteal phase, your need of energy changes, your as we already talked about, you're hungrier, you're craving more. And so during this time, it's great to eat like heartier meals, right? For example, root, um, rooted baked vegetables like sweet potatoes. They have this natural sweetness in them that we crave and they're super satisfying. So I eat a lot of sweet potatoes during the lucho phase because I cannot live without them anymore, <laughs> right? So eating things like that, that really like are very nutrient dense, but are big, big meals where you just feel really full and satisfied afterwards. Um, and during the, the menstrual phase, of course, making also sure that it, that depends. Some women like me, I cannot eat very big density meals because I, can, I, I don't digest food that well during this time. So for me, it's better to eat lighter foods like soups, soups where it's more easy, like it's easy on my digestion. And I hear this with a lot of women as well. And here again, like during the luteal phase, you already prepare yourself with like uh, zinc, um, zinc nutrient foods, magnesium nutrient foods, iron rich foods, right? To make sure that you're preparing yourself also for the time when you bleed. And of course, you lose some blood. So you want to make sure that you have enough zinc, you have enough iron. And generally with a very balanced vegan whole food plant-based diet, you get in enough of everything, right? I mean, tofu has uh, iron, chickpeas have iron, kale has iron. Like there's there's enough of everything in all of the foods. Just want to make sure that you eat balance, that you eat a variety of foods. Um, but there are certain, certain food groups that you can um, eat more of. So another thing as well, which is great and important to know is you want to make sure that you don't eat carbs isolated especially during the luteal phase because carbs isolated could be for example eating a banana at like 4 p.m is probably not going to help you so much with your cravings you want to pair it with another macronutrient for example a fat or some type of protein right so either way some soy yogurt and a banana or some nuts in a banana because the way that it's digested it's a lot of, it's a lot easier on your blood sugar and so you're not going to have like this rise and dip and that's going to leave you hangry again and it's going to leave you hangry so like feeling hungry <laughs> and angry at the same time it's going to cause you to be hungry again in half an hour right so it's more of a balanced meal and so that's usually what i also say like make sure that your that your meals are balanced make sure you have your healthy fats in there make sure you have your healthy uh carbs in there your high healthy fiber and your healthy protein source right if it's beans if it's lentils if it's tofu whatever it is this way the way that your food is absorbed into your body is very steady and it keeps your blood sugar stable and that's very important for healthy hormones. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. It makes so much sense. And it also 
seems familiar to me in the way that I've intuitively, the foods that I intuitively lean towards, especially during that luteal phase, I do feel like I go for more hearty, comforting, a little bit more, you know, energy dense carbs, those kinds of things. So that makes a lot of sense. All right, I wanna shift gears a little bit as we wrap up. This has been such a great conversation. I know we could really carry this on further, but I would love to hear your perspective on what is a healthy relationship with food and body? What does that mean to you? Yeah, I love this question. It's a very deep question for me. Um, I haven't shared it that much yet, but I had an eating disorder since I can remember, and I didn't know I had one. That was the crazy thing. I didn't, I didn't know I had one. And so for me, um, I think it started very early on and it was, I saw it in my mom. So I didn't even notice that I started to develop one because very early on, like my mom would say things to me like, oh, uh, cause she's very cellulite prone. And so when I was like 14, 15, she also already like started seeing like, oh my God, you're getting cellulite. Okay. You need to work out, make sure you're like, you know, doing all of those things. And so, um, I very quickly become, became very aware of my body of like, oh my God, I have cellulite. This is bad. And so very early on, I started to like work out like in my room as a kid, like go on, you know, on the, how do you call it? The home trainer, you know, the, 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 the bike home trainer, um and like do some exercises through youtube or whatever and like just make sure that you know i stay fit and i stay thin and all of those things but because of this crazy like um like even you know at, at years 15 i wasn't doing it for fun i was doing it because i was scared i was going to gain weight um so i was doing it just because i thought i had to and because of that awareness um i also started to kind of count calories but in a very very toxic way where I would, for example, eat a chocolate bar and I would turn it around. I'd be like, okay, 110 calories. So then I went on the home trainer and I burned 110 calories after I ate it so to make sure I, it doesn't stick in my body. It doesn't make me gain weight, which is thinking back. I was like, oh my God, you know, it was really bad. Food was also for me, um, a way of celebrating but also way of when I'm sad, I'm going to eat. When I'm happy, I'm going to eat. So that was also, you know, a family thing. But especially with my mom, I saw her do that a lot where in the evening, um, after dinner, we would continue eating. And it would be like to a point where it was like stuffing ourselves. And both my mom and I, thin people. But then I started at some point because I was like, I cannot eat so much because I'm going to gain weight. I started to purge as well. And so that became a whole vicious cycle for years where I would have really episodes of like going to food, eating, overeating, purging. And that that happened for years. Even when I when I went vegan, I think I had this still for like a couple of months um, because I just didn't know how to deal with myself, with, with my emotions, with my relationship with food. And so... For the majority of my life, I had a very toxic relationship with food, obviously, with myself, with my body image. Um, and I would really highly compare myself to these other influencers and those other thin girls. And I never looked like them. Tried all of their workouts, tried all of I was so obsessed. I would even like, there's, I think I, there's still YouTube videos of me like uh, telling, you know, doing the workouts that these influencers do and doing and telling about the diets that they have. Um, so 
now I don't have any of that anymore. And I'm very grateful that I worked through it. But to me, a healthy relationship with food is where you, first of all, um, learn how to deal with your own emotions and with yourself. And you come from a place of self-love and you honor yourself, your emotions, whatever it is that you feel. You don't have to be ashamed of it. Find a different outlet instead of like going to food when you're happy, going to food when you're sad. Understand why are you feeling like this in the first place? Why do you need a food for comfort? Why do you need food to feel good in this in these moments? Why can't you celebrate in another way? Um, definitely, if that triggers you, no social media where you look like I unfollowed all of these women that are not making me feel confident whatsoever. And it's not their fault because they look amazing, right? But I'm my own woman and I still follow some women, but they're not triggering me. And I just feel inspired by them. I'm like, oh, wow, she can do a deadlift of whatever. And I'm like, cool, I want to do that too, but nothing where it's like triggering to me. And so I had to learn to love myself no matter which size I am, no matter my relationship with food. And I think because I turn it around, coming from a place of self-love, giving myself that support, not being scared to face these things and being honest with myself, um, that's how I cultivated that relationship with myself. And that's what I teach my clients as well, coming from a place of nourishing your body, moving your body because you love yourself and not with these crazy goals that are not achievable especially if you compare yourself to another woman online, because that's another human being. She, you know, you're not her, <laughs> right? So that was, that was definitely, that's definitely something that that's very important for me. Um, and I think because I've been through it, there is a lot of w women that, that, you know, that want to work with me because they're like, oh my God, yes, I've been through it. I, I understand what you're saying. I, you know, I understand so much what it is. Um, and that's why I feel like the, the people that I do work with have been through similar journeys and want to, want to heal that as well. So I hope that answers the question because I feel, again, very long answer right there. Um, but yeah, that's just speaking from my heart because I think especially now, you know, moving forward in the world, there's just so much toxic toxicity, I would say, and so much even more comparison and imposter syndrome and all of that. For it's very easy to, to easily to to feel like you're not enough. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a powerful story, and thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And I want to highlight that it is a journey. Some of these things, they're just little tiptoes into slippery slopes, right? Like you had the comment from your mom, who knows what else you saw or heard, and it just kind of put you on this path where it was one thing, then the next thing, then the next thing. And it could be years of that. I was in that cycle for decades, you know? And after you've been in that cycle for decades and your brain gets so used to thinking about things a certain way, even after you feel like you're in recovery from those things, you could still kind of tiptoe back a little bit to the edge, you know, to that edge yes. of disordered eating and having a relationship with your body that's not quite healthy. But you're right. I think social media has so many advantages and has opened the world to us in so many ways. But in other ways, it's caused this availability 
of comparison that we never had before. Like, I mean, before when I was a kid, there was uh, there was just magazines. And that was bad enough. I mean, I think magazines can do enough damage, but now it's like every second of every day you can get on social media and see images and examples of things that there's part of your brain that aspires to because you want to be part of that accepted crowd. You want to be part of, you know, this village where you get, you know, uh, accepted and supported and welcomed because you you believe that you have to look a certain way for that. And our culture supports that too, right? Our culture gives us messages that that's the way it should be, unfortunately. So, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. And just to remind the listeners that it is a journey and that you just have to keep wanting to recover and get to the point where you can accept yourself and eventually love yourself and have a healthy relationship. You know, it takes some time. Yeah. I love that you say that it's a journey. What you said, I think the journey, if I say, if I could say so, it's like a lot of times, um, I have women that start to work with me and it's like a week in and they're like, I'm not seeing the results. It's not, it's not changed. I'm like, woman, it's been, it's been a week. Like you struggled with this for your entire life. How do you want this to change in a week? So I think reminding people that it takes time. And like my program is not a one week fix. I don't sell you a weight loss program where you can lose 50 pounds in a, in a month. That's not the way that the world works. And again, you have been programmed, how you say, for years and years and years to think a certain way, to believe certain things. It will take some time. Um, and well, that thing, that is a journey. So you already kind of touched on that. But the second thing, what I wish more women knew is that they already have so much power within them. They don't have to look for power outside of them because they have so much wisdom. Their body, you know, your body has so much wisdom through your cycle, through what you can do with your body as well, right? There's just so much that you already naturally know and so much guide you can guide yourself as well there's so much uh when you just listen to yourself to intuition again when i say when we talked about the cravings it's your body speaking to you right so trusting yourself as well that you are on the right path and that it's not just black and white but it takes some time and you're gonna have moments where it's not gonna be easy and you're gonna have moments where you're gonna question yourself but keep going keep trusting that you're on the right path and that you can get there and that you don't have to no matter if it's your vegan journey, if it's learning to sync with your cycle and wanting to decrease your period pain or you have PCOS, whatever it is, like all of that is possible, but just trust that you're on the right path and don't give up just because you can't see it in a week or a month or even five months from now. It just takes a little bit of time because, yeah, again, if like we're just programmed to, and also, of course, what I want to say is because we are so not only programmed, but everything that we see is speaking completely against it. We live in a world where quick satisfaction is a common thing. We want, you know, the likes, we want quick likes, we want quick recognition. And so, of course, there is more energy that we need to use as women to work against that and to say, stop, this is not the way that I want to work. And so even, you know, me and my business, I there's many times in my day where I need to be like, you've done enough for today. You can rest. You don't need to push more. Like, you know, or when I do workouts, I'm like, oh, but my training plan says I should do two more repetitions, but my body clearly tells me 
girl, you're exhausted. You got to (laughs) chill. That's, you know, that's, that's the the wisdom that your power, that, that your body has, you know, already within you. So yeah, that's it. Uh, I love that. No, that's beautiful. I needed to hear that message today. That is so me. First of all, I'm not a very patient person. I want everything to happen right away. And I'm such a powerful manifester that I'm so used to things happening right away that sometimes I push it and I'm just like, chill out. You don't need to push it. You know what happens when you push it? Just wait for it to evolve, wait for it to unfold. And that goes back to that trust too. Trust that it's going to be okay. So you know that if it's going to work out, you don't need to push it. There doesn't need to be this scarcity of like, if I don't have it right now, I'm never going to have it. So I think that's good. And I think the listening to your body and allowing things to be gentle when they need to be gentle, because going back to that masculine feminine contrast of, you know, you think of the masculine of like, yeah, you push hard and you just do it and grit and, you know, like whatever, he's going to do it. And yeah, we do have the capacity to do that as females. We do because we're amazing. We can do anything we want. However, (laughs) when we do that, it doesn't always feel great, right? So the next morning you're just like, everything hurts. I feel like I got hit by a truck, you know? So how can we start paying attention and being gentle and allowing things to be gentle and knowing that ultimately it's for the best. We don't have to rush things. We don't have to push things. We don't need Amazon Prime for all our well-being <laughs> and joy in life, you know? So such great message, Jessica. Thank you so much. If you could just please tell us where my listeners can connect with you and what products and services you offer before I ask you my final question. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. It's at Jessica Carvad or my website, which is actually www three W's as always, <laughs> women's academy of transformation.com. It's a very long title. That's the name of my company. Um, and how you can work with me if that's interesting to you is, uh, my coaching program, my signature coaching program, which is pretty much covers everything that we just talked about. So I don't think I have to go into detail. So check it out. You will find it also on my Instagram. I also have my own podcast where I had you as a guest, which I'm very excited about. It's called the Plentiful Goddess Podcast. So you will find all different kinds of information, amazing guests like yourself on there as well. And I also just launched my first menstrual cycle journal, which I'm so excited about. It's a journal with an entire guide on the menstrual cycle, all of the information that you need to know, vegan recipes as well, and an entire like section where you can, what we talked about, create the awareness of your body, sync with your cycle, understand yourself and be gentle with yourself. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, I love that. That sounds like a great idea, especially for people that are just starting out learning about this. I think that would be a really helpful resource. All right. Fantastic. We'll make sure we put everything in the show notes, of course. So For those of you that are listening, just go to the show notes if you need to find any of those links. Last question, leave us with your number one tip for vegan women interested in supporting their menstrual cycle through their dietary choices. If you could just tell them one thing, what would it be? That's a tough one. Only one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, um, Listen to your body. I think that's that's what I want to say. Because you will find so much information out there, so much contradiction. 
I know how it was for me when I started my own health journey and I didn't know where to go. First, listen to your intuition, listen to your body. You know better what's good for you and what's not. Hmm. That's perfect. That sums everything up. It's beautiful. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, of course, for having me on your podcast, which I love the title of. So amazing, Plantiful Goddess. So <laughs> thank you so much for everything that you do, for supporting women and for being so encouraging and supportive. And I hope that you have a very plantastic day. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It was amazing talking to you. Hey, veggie lover, I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day.